Thank you for joining us. God sent his only son, his sinless son, to die on Calvary's cross for you and me. Because of Jesus' sacrificial death, the gift of eternal life is available to anyone who chooses to receive it. Without the shed blood of Jesus, there would be no redemption for our sins. The Bible tells us that there is no salvation in any other. Without his selfless sacrifice, we would have no hope and no victory. Praise God for the gift of salvation and everlasting life. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. We not only experience persecution from the world, listen at this, sadly, it is also experienced in the church from those who love their power. Persecution comes from within the church. I wish I had time to give you all these, give you many passages from, from those who love their tradition, from those who love their legalism, and from those within the church who are religiously lost. You see, let me just say that again. That is so big. We not only experience persecution from the world, but sadly, it is also experienced in the church from those who love their power. They love their traditions. They love their legalism, and they are religiously lost. You say, give me a passage on that. I certainly will. Uh, Matthew chapter 26, verses 1 through 4 is a powerful text. It says, now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief, look, now look at the religious leaders. These are all religious leaders. Uh, then the chief priests, scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas. And look what these religious folk did, uh, people in the synagogue, and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. They plotted against God. God. And let me tell you something, all the plotting and trickery is not out of the church. You got politics in the church, trickery in the church, games in the church, hidden agendas in the church. People would do this to their own demise from the Lord's house in the name of Christ. Persecution is very prevalent in the church against pastors and those in church leadership who take a stand a bold, unwavering, righteous stand for Christ on the authority of Scripture. Pastors have been maligned. I've had that. Pastors have been lashed out at. I've had that. Not just, you say, oh, oh man, that must be a tough church. This is not the only church I pastor, by the way. So I'm, don't, don't just look around here. I'm talk, I've been pastoring for almost 40 years, okay? So don't, don't look around. I'm just speaking uh, I'm not going to go into different eras and give you all the specifics. But uh, pastors have been maligned, lashed out at, boycotted. People just say, I'm not coming back till they get that right. This is boycott. Pastors have been defunded. I remember one time at the church, they gave me a 5% raise. <laughs> the deacons did. And they had a church meeting and rescinded it and took it back. Two babies, <laughs> didn't have much, just trying to make it, $400 a week. We didn't come here 
to make money. We came here and lost funds. We took all of our investments out and moved by faith to San Antonio, believing God had called us to be missionaries in San Antonio to the glory of God. I've been defunded. I've been conspired against and many other pastors. By the way, there are cases where the churches, uh, Lutheran churches and Presbyterian churches, look how quiet y'all get now. Y'all listening to this stuff. Uh, this is all, this is juicy, isn't it? Yeah, okay, but, 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 but the church turns liberal and they ordain gay pastors and then you get clergy persons and then you get people in the church say, this is not right, this is, not against, this is against scripture and they end up leaving and that pastor, if that pastor leaves those churches with those kind of hierarchies and those kinds of things, you know what? When they walk away from those churches, they can't take their benefits with them. That's left and they leave and have to start all over again uh, without those previous benefits for the testimony of Jesus Christ. You see, it's just like being in the military and you been in there 40 years and you see how the military is turning a making some decisions, and all of a sudden, you have to make a decision. Do you get out? Do you stay in? And on and on and on, and you have to make some decisions. But those those times come conspired against, conspiracies. And you know, it's so easy now to do a coup in the church. And you know, when people leave the church, they don't really leave because they can text the members here from the other church or from that church or from that church. The hellions leave, but they're still here in your business. They know more about the church than you who come. They're still, you're still texting, still, they raise hell, and you still want to be friends with them. You still want to be friends with them. They're texting, emailing, and tweeting, and they're all over the place, and you hee hee and high high and they're talking the church, and you still hee hee and high high and going to eat some ham hocks. Y'all say, wow, conspired against, betrayal in the church, and even put out because of their own congregation's strong resistance to the gospel and their refusal to conform to the word of God. Before they change, they say, we will put you out. We were here before you. We put out seven, I'm going to put another notch on the wall and you're going to be number eight. That's what power will do when it's out of control. Oh, but look at John 16, one, two, and three. John 16, one, two, and three. It says, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. When you see things happening like this, don't, don't, don't tuck your tail and run. Be still. And realize these things must be we're in the latter days. Verse 2, they will put you out of the synagogue. Some of y'all need to be put out of some of that stuff y'all in. It's taking up more time than your time with the Lord. They will put you out of the synagogue. Look here. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They'll put you out. God told me to do it. They'll define you, ostracize you. 
betray you, all these things, and, and then say they're doing this to protect the church. And if truth be told, they need to be put out. Verse 3, they will do such things, listen to this, because they have not known the Father or me. Those religious leaders, they didn't know Jesus. They didn't have a relationship with him. They were just religious, religiously lost. And it's dangerous to go to hell from the church house. You got to be real and serious about God. Where is the reverential fear of God? Stop trying to get into stuff you don't belong in. Beloved, what hurts the most is when persecution is experienced from professing believers who are religious without Christ. Now, listen to this. You expect persecution from an anti-Christ world, but it is much more devastating when it comes from within the church. Last section, and then I'll close out. If I can get through these, if not, I'll just stop. How should we respond to persecution? You heard a lot already. How do you, res- how do you respond to all of this? Number one, Pray for those who persecute you. Now, it takes a certain amount of spirituality to do that. Matthew 5.44c says, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Prayer gives you wisdom in the midst of persecution and helps you to endure it without bringing shame on the name of Christ. Be mindful, the Lord knows how to confound the plans of the enemy when we pray. The Lord knows how to confound. They try to get you and they can't get you like they want to get you because God just confused them so they can get you. God knows how to confuse your enemy. Make them forget what they meant to do or they or they think they hurt you. They end up blessing you. And then they become more frustrated. Sometimes they put you off a job, you get another job making more, better condition, and you think, oh, I, didn't know, I didn't know this was going to happen. Good can come out of bad. Did you get what I said? Good can come out of bad. Number two, be strong in the midst of persecution. Be strong. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Weak saints cannot put up a good fight or endure persecution. Weak saints cannot put up a good fight or endure persecution. Therefore, strengthen yourself through the Holy Spirit's power. Pray and allow the word of God to have its way. Refuse to fight the wrong enemy. Remember the fight is against Satan and demons and not other believers. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Satan loves it when we spend more time fighting each other rather than fighting Satan and his demons because the real fight goes unfought when we are busy picking at each other, fighting one another, and conspiring against one another. The battle is not with each other. We ought to be a united front fighting Satan and the demonic ram in the unity of the spirit to the glory of God. Therefore, refuse to allow yourself to waste time fighting the wrong battle. Many churches fight the wrong battle 
And God just shakes his head. My people, my people, my people, my people. Hey, there the devil is over there. There he is. Can't you see him? Open your eyes. Pray so you open your eyes. Can't you see Satan? I can't see. Number three, we must never react in the flesh and allow ourselves to repay evil for evil. We must never react in the flesh and allow ourselves to repay evil for evil. Romans 12, 17 through 19 says, repay no one, absolutely no one, not even your worst enemy, evil for evil. They did evil to me, I'm going to do it to, to them. And you got some Christians that will lay folk out. Now, now, now if you're going to try to hit my wife, I'm not going to just say, uh, oh, well, go on, because I'm not... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hit you because you hit my wife. You gonna hit her again? I'm gonna put my. I'll put my elbow up and I'm gonna come and I'm gonna do one of these numbers and say you get back. You ain't gonna pluck her other eye. I'm not turning the other cheek while you do that to my wife. You men ought to say amen if you're a man. (laughs) 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 Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Verse 18, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Underline that, put three lines under that in your Bible, unless you tore that page out and then you really need to repent. Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Who's talking? Says the Lord. You know what that means? Sometimes y'all can get so... Not understanding. You know what this means? You will not handle persecution well with the spirit of vengeance in your heart. I have to learn that when I've been hurt or when I've been trained, whatever, I still have to minister to people, allow them to get close to me, and not say, put up a, some kind of insulated barrier, say, you know, I've been hurt once. I'll be doggone if anybody hurt me again. You're not getting 10 feet close to me. How do I help folk with that kind of attitude? I'm holding a grudge. You will not handle persecution well with the spirit of vengeance in your heart. Listen to this. Refuse to put yourself in the place of God by trying to get even with those who have done you harm, who have brought you harm. God has never told you to do evil for evil because his word is there. The scripture says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Number four, we must continue to glorify Christ in the midst of persecution. This is how we respond to persecution. Continue to glorify Christ in the midst of persecution. First Peter 4.16 says, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. You glorify Christ in the midst of persecution when you continue to worship him. You glorify Christ in the midst of persecution when you continue to obey him, when you continue to follow him, when you continue to serve him, when you continue to rejoice in him, all of which builds up the inner person and glorifies God. Let me just say that again. I know I was talking face. Will you please uh, slow down? 
You glorify Christ in the midst of persecution when you continue to what? Worship him, worship God through persecution, obey Christ through persecution, follow Christ, continue to follow him. Don't stop following him because it gets hard. Continue to serve Christ. Continue to come come to Maranatha. Be in your seat. Be in position. Don't let persecution and hardships and trials move you out of position. Continue to rejoice in persecution, all of which builds up the inner person and glorifies Christ. Number five, be encouraged. This is how you respond to persecution. Be encouraged. The word of God says representing him and advancing the kingdom of God on earth is not easy. Be encouraged. The word of God says representing him and advancing his kingdom on earth will not be easy. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses eight through 12. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses eight through, through 12 says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. If we allow the Holy Spirit to comfort us, if we allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen us and encourage us, we will be able to withstand persecution. We will be able to withstand pressure and hardships. We'll be able to withstand disappointments and betrayal because we expect it. And we have the blessed assurance of knowing that we are in good company because of those who suffered before us and that God is with us. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, says Joshua 1.9. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's reassuring in the midst of persecution. Finally, but not the least. How do you respond to persecution? We must not forget those who are suffering, being mistreated, and persecuted for the cause of Christ. In the name of Jesus, write that down. Write it down. It is so paramount, crucially important. We must not forget those who are suffering, whether across the water or right here in America, being mistreated and persecuted for the cause of Christ. Here's a, here's a wonderful scripture that the Lord revealed to me in my quiet time when I was reading the scripture this week. In Hebrews 13, 3 is a profound scripture. It says, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison. And those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. How powerful. In other words, what is the text saying? We must remember our brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering for the cause of Christ in America and around the world because they too are in the body of Christ. Therefore, listen to this. Therefore, we must remember those who are persecuted 
as if we were right next to them going through the same experience. Going through the same experience. That's how you remember them. You enter into their experience and you can see yourself actually alongside of them in their condition to the glory of God. And you just don't sit around and eat popcorn and watch a good movie while they're suffering for the cause of Christ. I just wonder as I close, if I'm persecuted as pastor, and I will be, I'm not a bit surprised if it comes. And things are going to get worse. And they take me off. They put me in an orange suit. Put me in cuffs. Because of the gospel. I wonder would you just go home and watch the Cowboys, the Seahawks, basketball. I wonder would you just be mall shopping, cyber, this, Black Friday. You forgot your little pastor is in jail. And the question I would ask you while I'm in jail, you know what I you say, if I could say, what would you ask? What would you ask Maranatha if 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 I was if I was in that in that condition? Y'all listen to me. You know the question I'd ask you? Why aren't you here with me? Why are you not here with me. And all God's children said, Father, we thank you for this message. There's so much message that I couldn't preach it all if I tried. Oh, God, but you've arrested the people's attention by live streaming and YouTubing and in person. This message reawakens us to the reality that it's not about us and comfort and ease and pleasure and Black Friday and cyber this and small business that. These things are passing away and only what we do for Christ will last. We do pray for our brothers and sisters who are hurting Refuse to be given medicine, ill-treated, sexually abused, malnourished, while folk in the church play games. Help us to repent and start over and say, for God I live and for God I die. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all God's children said, amen. You've heard the message. I've preached my heart out because I love God. I love his church. I love you. And this is serious. It's really serious. We don't know what else is coming our way. Did you hear what I just said? 
Look what the virus has done. Look what the virus has done. Oh yeah, one day they'll get a vaccine. One day these things will be resolved. One day it will pass. But once that gets settled, y'all, you can, oh, glad that's over with. Oh, something worse is coming down the pike. And who shall be able to stand? You can count on God, but can God count on you? There are those of you here today who need to Make a fresh commitment to Jesus. You need to come and kneel at the altar. There's others of you, perhaps you, you're not saving, you're not so sure. And listen, times are too dangerous. People are dying, getting sick. Life is short. We don't know who's going to die next. You, it's good to know the Lord today. So whenever God calls, you can answer. And to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord because you have a real, authentic, genuine relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing in his death, burial, and resurrection is coming back again. You come now. Don't you worry about people. They don't have a heaven or hell to send you to. You saw that in the scripture. You fear God who can destroy both body and soul in hell. You come. You by live stream. You call, you call, you write, you come. God spoke to you. Don't sit down on his word. Make up your mind. Today is my day to follow Jesus. You come and say, I will not leave here like I came. As Pastor Rander concludes this message, let us resolve to obey God with praise and worship according to His Word. Why should we? Because He is our Creator. He has made us and fashioned us. He is our Shepherd, and we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We hear His voice, and He knows us, and we follow Him. There is none other like Him. If you enjoy Pastor Rander's teaching of the inerrant Word of God, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church in Converse, Texas.